Grab your popcorn and silence those cell phones because the show is about to start. Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Rick Blaine is an award-winning film critic featured on thebigscreen.net.org and has been highlighted on over 75 unreleased independent film posters in less than 12 different countries. Nick Brown. He's been the high school projectionist for the AV Club for over nine semesters and can be heard nightly at the theater talking loudly in the row behind you about the film being screened. And now, they're joining forces. Ladies and gentlemen, Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2022. Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is back again. A new year ahead. Some exciting things on the way. In case you are no good at reading Roman numerals, we are coming up on our 100th episode of Rick and Nick Talk Flicks, so exciting times are afoot, and we welcome you back here in the new year. What are we, in the 90s now? Oh, mid-90s, but I mean like episode 90-something, aren't we? We're in in the 90s, (laughs) something like that. We're wearing more flannel. That's right, yeah, listening to more grunge. Drinking more Seattle coffee. I'll have a sip, but thank you very much. I'm Joel Hoover. Welcome to the show. I'm Dave Brooks, and it looks like our new set budget finally got increased for the new year. But this is radio. You can't see the new set. But what a lovely new set we're sitting on. Yeah, well, that you are sitting on yeah. at, the, at the high top table just uh, just away from where uh, ways from where I am. Yeah, pretty nice setting, isn't it? You're sitting at the round table, all capital letters. Yeah, our typical round table that we've been at over over our time doing Rick and Nick Talk Flicks. We still we still record from a distance while still looking at each other, which is very convenient. But For me, you, you gotta still look at me in that which case <laughs> horrible. I'm, I manage. <laughs> if I get a little distracted, sometimes people will know why, because I'm trying to process what I'm seeing, <laughs> I suppose. I should do like spooky movie and get his flashlight under my chin and try to <laughs> uh, with a green light. Rick and Nick Talk Flicks is sponsored by the Bemidji Theater, which is located on Highway 2, just down from the airport. Come on out and support the Bemidji Theater. If you are heading back to seeing movies, that's awesome. If you are still kind of working your way back into that, you can still support the Bemidji Theater. You can go and get concessions from them, and that is going to go a long way towards supporting the theater. Just by getting your concessions and then heading home to watch your movie from home, you could support the theater that way too, but it's been great over the last few months seeing great crowds back again at the theater. I've seen that when I've gone there in person. There have been some really, really good crowds going to see some of what's been on the big screen. So it's the Bemidji Theater located on Highway 2, just down from the airport. I've made a couple of shows. Saw The King's Man. That was pretty good. Oh, you did? Okay. Made a couple. It's nice to be able to go see them, but uh, generally we'll wait until it's not a huge crowd. And apparently the box office for The King's Man wasn't giant robust. There was probably four other people in the theater when we went and saw it. But we'll go on a you know some random day in the week, not a major day. And uh, So it's been nice to see a couple of films. But when we go and it's looking a little crowded, but we're still thinking movie night, we'll still pull in, we'll get our snacks, and then we'll go home and watch something else. But uh, sometimes it's tricky to make it. We missed the Ghostbusters. That window kind of closed before ah. we got to see it. But uh, we'll see it at some point. Yeah, I know you will. It, it'll just take a little bit longer. And some more time, but eventually that that opportunity will come about. So, current events: what's happening lately? 
Kind of quiet since the Omicron surge. Coronavirus is definitely uh, a lot of indications it might be peaking right now. That's the word. That's yeah. the word. So hopefully we're coming down the backside of the mountain. Uh, basically January, and this is kind of typical for January, pretty quiet. A lot of stuff going into the Christmas holiday season. Everyone has spent their Christmas cash, and then you get to January and crickets. So I think other than the new Scream movie, that's kind of really the only major, major thing that's going on in January at all. And that's kind of typical. You might get a a rogue, kind of a wild card between January and February. And it's not until you start moving into the spring months that things start to pick up. And wouldn't you know it, Hoove, what are we going to go see at the theaters? That is what we're going to talk about today, a bit of a spring preview for the rest of the wintertime and leading up to Memorial Weekend when you kind of shift into summer mode. But uh, was there anything else current before you get in, you want to talk some of the awards? Well, we are getting close to when Oscar nominations will be announced, and it seems like it seems like the noms are kind of narrowed in a little bit. It seems like there's there's a pretty narrow set as far as what it looks like the nominations are going to be for this year. We've got a little bit of an indication we usually do with the Golden Globes, although. With the Golden Globes dealing with controversy in this past year, interest in the Golden Globes has waned considerably. Plus, they're not even on network television as of right now. It was like a press conference in a closed room, and basically somebody read off a sheet, and that was it. The whole thing was like five minutes. And normally, the Golden Globes, it's a multi-hour ceremony with celebrities and that just didn't happen this time. This time, the gold. So back a, a bit of a history lesson here. The, obviously, COVID is a bit of an issue, but uh, a lot of we'll call it inclusivity issues with the Golden Globes and the Hollywood Foreign Press are the ones that are in charge of the Golden Globes. And one of those things, even before this controversy kicked in, that a lot of people aren't aware of, it's a fairly small group. So any random category that you might draw out of a hat, maybe only ten people voted for that entire category where the Oscars are way more diverse as far as if you're a director and you're part of the Directors Guild, you can vote on directing. Everybody can vote for Best Picture and so forth, but only the actors and actresses get to vote on acting categories because they understand what that stuff is. You get three guys, Chuck and Larry, get to vote for any of those Golden Globe Awards, and it's just it's a room full of old white guys, and it's just... So they basically got a bit of a backlash, and not one celebrity attended, not one camera was on it. It was all Hollywood foreign press people, 15 people in a room or whatever it was, reading from a sheet, and that was it. So it's uh, talk about a far cry from one of the glitzy nights. The Oscars are looking to be, well, we'll see how it goes. Last year it was a real small affair because of COVID, and there are rumors going around now as far as what they might need as a gimmick we were talking about to try to get uh, some more interest who knows if this will happen or not, because it hasn't even been announced yet, but there's apparently a lot of talk that Spider-Man is going to host the, uh, I mean, Spider-Man himself. I don't know if that means Tom Holland, with or without a mask, or just somebody, but Spider-Man might be the host. We'll see. Dave, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe that was one of our ideas that <laughs> no. we gave last year, was it? No, no, no. I think, you know, have it haughty taughty is supposed to be the point, having Spider-Man do it. I remember when, um, uh, uh, oh, who's the guy that plays uh, Crocodile Dundee? Um, ah, Paul Hogan. He was one of the co-hosts back in 1980-whatever, and a lot of people were like, you know, it was fun, it was good, it was interesting, it was different, but 
not quite what you think of as far as an Oscar host goes. So uh, Spider-Man hosting the Oscars, I don't know. If you want to have him up as a presenter, that's one thing. But to host the whole show, no, you, you got to... You got to let the ritzy ditzy stuff. You wouldn't take even over. see him talking the whole time if the mask is going to be covering him up. His his own personal Spidey mask. Like you're not going to be able to see him even talk yeah. as far as what he's got to say. Maybe he pulls the mask off a few times. Maybe that's a gimmick. Maybe Lots it won't of just hand be, gestures. Yeah, maybe <laughs> you have to be. Maybe it won't be really either one of the actors. It'll be Marcel Marceau, the well-known mime actor. Maybe I don't think is around anymore, but maybe Tom Holland will show us his sign language skills while also talking. We get Marley Matlin to dress up as Spider Man. That'd be awesome. Deaf actress. I I, I think we're, Oscar winner. I think awesome. There you go. I think we're getting deeper and deeper though into the rabbit hole here on yeah. this whole thing. Like you said, there needs to be a little bit of reverence here. You don't quite have that if you've got Spider Man hosting the show. Plus. What will J. Jonah Jameson say? <laughs> you know, that would be a fun He'll gimmick. He'll blast the, it in the Daily Bugle. That would be a fun gimmick for the MTV Music Awards where Jameson keeps trying to catch Spider-Man through the show, but he keeps slinging in and casting a award category and then zings out and Jameson misses him. And No, I, I think if Spider-Man hosts it, they should double down on that whole thing and commit hard to that where they get Jameson aboard for a skit and they've got him going on going on and on about how terrible the Oscar hosting was from Spider-Man, how much he hated it because it was Spider-Man who was in there, and he's a, a menace to society. He's a menace. Exactly. You have a skit where that goes on. Maybe you have a skit where off in some random room, kind of, kind of like they're trapped in there wishing that they were up on stage, you get Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire <laughs> maybe having a drink with each other and going, why aren't we up there? Or something like that. Maybe you get one where you put together some of the villains, get Doc Ock, Green Goblin in the same room together going, what's this guy doing getting all the credit? (laughs) Listen, if they go that route, double down on it at least and make it funny. Yeah, if you're going to do something that off the mark, then you earn, maybe not off the mark, but off the trail, (laughs) or maybe off the mark, then you have to commit to it and make it go. And if you you don't, then it's um, half-hearted. Personally, I wouldn't go that route myself. Anyway, it's its own deal. Some other movie news to get to, Dave, was the news from last week, the passing of Sidney Poitier passing away um, at the age of 94, I believe. Uh, Something like that. Was what it was. He was in his 90s. Really, really a remarkable career that he put together, a trailblazer in many respects, helped break down the color barrier in Hollywood in a big way, and doing so with... He was the Jackie Robinson of Hollywood. In many respects, he was, and he did so by playing tremendous roles with a great deal of dignity involved with them and won an Oscar as well, first black man to win Best Actor at the Oscars, and that was for Lilies of the Field. Of course, yeah. In the Heat of the Night um, was, a, was a big-time role that he had. Guess, Guess who's, who's coming, coming to dinner? dinner. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and um, uh, To Sir with Love, that was another one that did extremely but well. A, and a, a lot of people forget a great directing career. Some of the roles kind of dried up into the 70s and 80s, and he got a really good directing career before he kind of stormed back in front of the camera for the late 80s and 90s. You're uh, talking about sneakers, of course. That's one of them. And I did just watch that when I heard Poitier had gone. 
I was kind of feeling like I haven't seen sneakers in a while. So I kind of rewatched it just after he passed. And gosh, he's good in that too. Little Nikita, another one with River Phoenix. Um, so those of you that are on the younger side and you're starting to learn about who's Kirk Douglas, who's this guy, Sidney Poitier, who's that? One of those actors you want to go and take a look at his work. There's a reason why when he passed, people, oh, and everyone is mourning the passing of because he was that good. He really was. And not just as an actor, as a person. He stood up. He was an activist. Um, and he, he really was uh, the Jackie Robinson to Hollywood. He broke that color barrier. He's the first man to win the best actor who was black before Denzel Washington for training day. That's a large gap of time. Yeah, I saw part of Denzel's acceptance speech there, and, and Sidney Poitier was there in the audience. Yeah. He said, Sidney, I'm always chasing after you. Yeah. Always chasing after you. He's one to go check out his catalog, not just of films that he was in, but directed. You'll see what we mean by dignity and poise and power and grace. He was good. If you like Denzel Washington movies, you're going to love Sidney Poitier movies because he's kind of he was Denzel before there was Denzel, in a way. In some respects, yeah. yeah. Sidney Poitier passing away at the age of 94 and Gotta many give a shout out to Betty White, too, tributes. if we're going to go that route, Yes, too. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, go watch going, the proposal. Going back, yeah, going back a few weeks now uh, with that news as well. But, uh, yeah, some, some significant news in terms of Hollywood legends passing away here recently. You go in threes. Bob Saget after that one. But, uh, yeah, mm. it's, it's interesting. But, hey, on that note, that's an upper – but uh, go check out Sidney Poitier. When you make it into your 90s, it's a celebration of life, not tragic, gone too soon. He had a great body of work. Uh, go check him out. Sidney Poitier, great career. So now we're looking forward to 2022. What's going to be showing? And that's also a, not just a rhetorical question. I mean, honestly, what's what's going to be showing? Is Are things going to be uh, postponed and canceled and moved? And the list we're going to it's talk about. Yeah, spoiler alert here, there's going to very likely be a lot of moving going on. In fact, the new Scream movie, even the Batman, which will be out in March, there's already started to be a rise in talk. Will they move it? Will they not move it? All of this you have to take with a grain of salt. And before you head off to the movie theaters, don't. I mean, by the time this thing gets put up on, on air for people to listen to, half these dates may be irrelevant and may already be moved. So you might want to check your listings before you run to the theater because very likely stuff's going to get shuffled around. Yeah, there's been a lot of shuffling already coming into this year as far as what's going to be on the way, when is it coming out. I mean, I just pulled up an article looking to supplement this a little bit. This article was out of date as far as what's coming out this year. So, uh, I think a lot of stuff just keeps getting moved around. When was this even written? Yeah, I mean, how many of these movies have been shuffled already? I mean, we're going to... Touch base on Top Gun Maverick. I think that's had like four different dates that keeps getting shuffled around, and it'll be out Memorial Weekend, allegedly. Actually, correction to this article. It I read it first. It said January 22, uh, 2022. I was like, why is it saying Spider-Man No Way Home? But it was saying out now oh. in January 22. So there we go. They you actually know, did have it all right. That might be something to real quick touch base on. This movie is quickly rising the ranks Without, you know, box office inflation being adjusted, it's going to go down in history as one of the biggest grocers ever. And it's already passing big, big tentpole movies like Jurassic Park is now in the rearview mirror. And it's targeting other big movies like Avengers Endgame and Infinity War and uh, of Avatar and the biggest movies of all time ever. By the time this one is done... Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home might be the number one movie box office-wise of all time ever, not adjusting for inflation. It's on its way. I know, at least among my friends, there has been so much chatter about 
gotta go see Spider-Man, gotta go see Spider-Man. Like, people have been really, really wanting to go see this new movie, and I, to my, to my chagrin, I have not seen the other Tom Holland ones, okay. like, and, and I'm sure other people are shocked as they hear that. Like, I haven't seen the other Tom Holland Spider-Man movies, like, I've, I've talked about that I've had franchise and superhero fatigue for some time now regarding Marvel, but... I haven't got myself up to speed on the Tom Holland movies, and maybe I still am thinking about the Garfield ones a little bit, and perhaps that's partially why, but I need to get myself caught up on that and, and check this out because a lot of friends have said a lot of good things about this movie. Yeah, I've, I've heard great things about this particular movie, and I've been uh, spending some time working through the MCU up to now, and I'm just now getting into the fourth phase, so I'm just watching starting WandaVision. I'm about halfway through that. Haven't seen Black Widow or Shang-Chi, haven't seen Hawkeye, or haven't seen anything from phase four except for roughly halfway through WandaVision. And I'm working my way there, but I, you know, when you watch Marvel, you realize there's pieces and little nuggets from one thing that spill into the next thing, that so on and so forth. So when I do get around to Spider-Man No Way Home, I want to get all the nuances. So I want to work my way through it and see it all, and I'll get there. I'll get there probably not in the theaters, but I might get around to it when it's uh, back in because I need to make, I got a lot to, I got to get through. I haven't seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier yet either, so we're getting there. Yeah, it takes Finally. it takes time when there's so many movies out there in this series. Yeah. yeah. All right, do you want to get into the list? Let's get into it. Once again, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of spoilers that we need to talk about because these are movies that haven't come out yet. However, we're just going to remind you, these dates, take them with a big, big, giant, fat, water-absorbing gulp of salt because this is going to be something that will be in shift. But as of right now, and we're recording this on January 12th, this is the way it's looking, and the first one up is actually coming out this coming weekend. It comes out this Friday the 14th, Scream 5, although they're actually just calling it straight up Scream. I don't know why they do that. Yeah, I, I was confused too when I saw that it was called Scream. I was like, is this a re-release, or what's the deal here? Yeah, and I mean, you can, I mean, for some reason, this seems to be a horror movie thing because there are three different movies now named Halloween. Yep. And, you know, so now we've got to have. You know that as well as anybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. So now we're going to have just regular Scream, but it's the fifth movie. It's not the first movie, but it's uh, the fifth one in the line. And, you know, I will say this for Scream. I think the only one that was slightly weak was the second one. They've all been pretty good. Even the second one's been pretty good, but it was a noticeable dip from the first one. But I think when you really change everything, you can't really capture that lightning again. And the first one is truly magical. Even still, it holds up very well. So what are they going to do to tweak wait, this wait, wait. one? Wait, wait, wait. Did you just call a horror movie magical? Yeah. In some ways. Magical. Ab- yes. In that genre, I don't think I, you know, I wouldn't make a Magic Kingdom with all these slashers running around and bring the kids to this magical experience. No, 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 no. Do, do, you got to be, be within the context. Do, do, do. <laughs> so this was, you know, what was Scream 4? About 10 years ago? So this has been, there was talk there was going to be another trilogy. Wes Craven, who co-wrote to a point and directed all of them up to this point, passed away a few years ago. So this is the first Scream movie he's not involved in at all. Um, so we'll see if there's going to be a drop here, but, uh, the early buzz is looking really good. And so apparently there's a lot of interest in seeing it and pretty much all the surviving cast is back. Um, you wonder how long they're all going to be members of the surviving cast if they get around to a scream six. So, (laughs) so who knows? Uh, this, it's got a lot of good buzz. I'd say it's worth checking out. 
Um, the big question is who will be the killer this time? Because it's not like a Jason movie where it's the same guy from movie to movie. This is a different killer wearing a mask. At some point you wonder when maybe one of the main characters might wind up to be the killer just out of exasperation. Who knows? Yeah, if you stretch it out long enough like that, yeah, you eventually start to get in. And if you bring back the same cast, like you talked about too, you eventually start to work your way into that realm of possibility. Yeah, the January the January list, as usual, is not, not especially... Not robust. Yeah, robust is a very good word, I think, for, for picking that out. There's, there's a few streaming options that might be out there here this, this January, too. Have you heard about this new Celine Dion movie? That is coming out this month. Is it a concert movie or is she playing a part? No, here's here's well here's what it's called. It's called Aline. And the the tagline with it is or the summary that goes with it is a fiction freely inspired by the life of Celine Dion. A fiction freely inspired. Apparently it is it's completely off the off the beaten trail as far as like there's been a biopic that's been done of her before this one is apparently some like fictional story based on her life talk about a stretch of the imagination i i'm not gonna knock it but i would say this if it was my night to hand over the remote and we're gonna select what we're gonna watch i'm secretly pleading quietly please don't pick that one please don't. oh man she picked it <laughs> that's where my brain is going yeah. but hey you know if that's your thing, you go. I'm not going to knock anything. I wasn't saying it's my thing. I was throwing out another uh, another mention of another movie that's out there because from what you have written down, there's not a whole lot that's going on in January. There's there's a few others though. There's there's a movie called Munich: The Edge of War that's coming up coming up here in um, on Netflix is where it'll be getting released, and it's got George McKay and Jeremy Irons. It's at the beginning of World War II, and there's a conspiracy from opposite sides that's going on, and it involves two friends, and those guys are playing that role. And then there's this movie called The King's Daughter that's coming up with Pierce Brosnan. Um, as Based King, off a book, I think, yeah. As King Louis Fourteenth, as he captures a mermaid in a fantasy movie that's coming along. A lot of fantasy here this month between that and the whatever you want to call that Celine Dion movie. That's fantasy. <laughs> um, a lot of stuff for the kids, though, too. Funny yes. to, to kind of counterbalance Scream 5. You've got the new Hotel Transylvania, Transformania. Those, I've seen a couple of them because I've got a kiddo, so we watch a lot of kid movies at the house. Uh, some of those are kind of cute and fun. And So here's the fourth one. So if that's uh, something that your family is into, why have a vampire comedy coming out now rather than like some kind of kid programming around Halloween time in October seems to be appropriate, but... Hotel Transylvania continues to be truly the undead as yeah. far as that series. They just keep going on yeah. and on. Well, Adam Sandler used to be very involved in it. He still is to a point, but I think his he's out, and I think it's Andy Samberg now. That These are all voice cast now. Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild is another one that will be coming out at the end of January. It's scheduled for the 28th. And this one, the Ice Age movies, here's the newest one. And uh, Simon Pegg is involved in this one as a writer, and that gives me a lot of hope. He's really? a funny, clever, quirky guy. Um, for everything he's been involved in. And uh, so this gives me a lot of hope so that when my kiddo wants to see the new Ice Age movie, this is the Simon Pegg one? Well, let's go check it out. So could be something fun. So the new Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild comes out at the end of January. Speaking of a series that just never stops going and hasn't gone extinct yet. Ice Age? I got what you're doing there. Yeah. I got your joke. I, I, I thought you were going to completely shut down the podcast there. I was, <laughs> I was worried that I had... 
Well, that maybe that that was the meteor that would do it there. I'm, I'm a dad. I can appreciate dad jokes. And Thank the lamer, you. the better. Thank you. You want to hear my best dad joke? Let's hear it. Ask me if I'm a tree. Are you a tree? No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Just brutal. Not even a pun it's involved. It's a dad joke. And funny enough, I it learned that is. one in college. So we crossed the barrier into February. Kept that one stashed away. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Oh, Our first okay. non-horror-themed uh, tentpole blockbuster movie. Oh, my, this movie. Moonfall. <laughs> now, this... I saw the trailer for this a few months ago. I th- Did I see it when I went to... I think I saw it when I went and saw No Time to Die, and I saw this trailer. I was like... What the heck have we got here? <laughs> well, this is this is Roland Emmerich. This of is the guy it's behind Stargate and Independence Day and the Day After Tomorrow. Oh um, man! So the moon starts coming much closer to Earth than it should. Like it's going to crash into Earth. Forget about <laughs> Don't Look Up, where it's a comet coming. This is just the moon that's <sighs> giving up, and now its orbit is going to crash in. However, it's not just. On its own, it seems to be some sort of an alien force behind it. Um, stay course. tuned and see the movie. So, But this is one of those disaster-type movies that he's been fairly well-known for. And he does it with a lot of flair and, and fun, and it's a popcorn movie. Don't take it all that seriously, but if you could just break down and enjoy it. And you have a pretty good cast in it. You've got Halle Berry, and you've got the rest. Uh, this one could be fun. If you're going to don't take it seriously, but it could be fun. You did don't you, look like you're ready to take it fun. Did you watch Don't Look Up? <laughs> I did. You did. How is it? It's dark. It's funny. Really? You know, it's, well, it's it's hopeless. It's about a it's it's oh, a man. comet that's coming to Earth and it's going to hit Earth and it will wipe out everybody. And it's the hopelessness of the situation, but done in a comedic way. Really? Oh yeah. The the, the scientists they go and everybody that's on the cast is an Oscar winner, pretty much. Meryl Streep is the president. Yeah, of the it's United an incredible States. cast. Oh yeah. We're going to the White House to tell the president, and they can't get in to see him. Ah, oh, she's she's busy. Yeah, but you know what we're here to tell you. We've got big big news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just nobody can take him serious. It's a good movie. It's funny in a very dark way, but it's filled with hopelessness, and it's kind of a oh, metaphor. Gosh, they say for climate uh, climate change, but it's also you could take that out and uh, take out the comment. It could be for COVID too. It's just it's it's hopeless is what it really is. But it's funny, hopeless in a very dark way. It's I, I recommend it, but it's I almost needed to watch an episode of Seinfeld or two after it was over because it was just depressing. That's good you, to know. That sounds pretty bleak. It was bleak, but it was fun and in a dark way. Maybe that's what Netflix's plan was. You watch this original series, this original movie of theirs, and then it directs you into. I got to watch Seinfeld afterward. Well, the director laugh. Adam McKay has also done a lot of other things that he's been involved in several uh, other shows like Vice. You know, so we're talking about satirical looks on things based to some degree on reality or some version of reality. And so this is really just a metaphor for insert your topic du jour of something that's pretty obvious but is denied. And it just it's so take it for what you want. It's fun, it's entertaining, it's interesting, great cast. Um, it, I do think it seems like it needs to cook a little more. It could have been a little better than it was, but it was it was very good. But hopeless, it's fun yet hopeless is the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, that's how it sounds. Moonfall Moonfall just looks like it's straight out of the 90s just with more CGI. Yeah, 
But I mean, you know, it, it looks like fun, and if I'm feeling like a popcorn movie, absolutely, I'd put something in like this. It's like watching Time Cop. You're not going to take it seriously. It's Jean-Claude Van Damme, not this movie. Uh, but it's just something fun for Rob. And, well, that was entertaining. Let's go let the dogs out. You know, that's that's kind of what this movie is. Yeah. <laughs> could, could be fun, though. Death on the Nile is yes. coming out February 11th. And this is Hercule sort of, Poirot is back. Yeah, we've got Agatha Christie kind of stuff. We had the Murder on the Orient Express a couple years ago with that all-star cast, and now this is basically the next semi-sequel of that. Yeah, you got Kenneth Branagh as I as I twirl my mustache. Yeah, you've got uh, the interesting thing here is you have Army Hammer in this, and he's one of the many of the all-star cast. And Army Hammer's been having some interesting stuff the last few years, where he may or may not be a cannibal in real life. Uh, oh, but, it's too, but he's yeah, too that, into this that movie. Crazy story. They, they, he's too into this movie. They filmed it before the pandemic. Uh, you can't take him out of it. You'd have to reshoot it and re-edit it. And when you have an all-star cast, no one's available to go reshoot this thing. So it's just you're going to have to leave a minute. So yeah, we'll see. Death on the Nile was one of those movies that got kicked back because of the pandemic. And I wonder if that has, in some respects, tempered hope and expectation on the movie because. I enjoyed Murder on the Orient Express. Like I it took me a little while to go watch that newest version of it. I enjoyed it a lot. Like it was it, they made it pretty lavish with with making it a, a modern telling of of that story. They made it pretty lavish and it looks like Death on the Nile is going to be in a, in the same fashion. I've watched the original Death on the Nile for back in the 1970s, the first version of of that of that book that was done, Agatha Christie's book, and it was pretty good. Um, I, I forget who it was who played Hercule Poirot for for that version of it. Anyway, um, and Poirot, you got to know, is one of lit. Well, let's call it literature's great detectives. Yes, he's been played as numerous different incarnations, and Kenneth Branagh going to do the latest here, uh, and he'll do great service to it. This is if you yeah. want a great, well layered whodunit on paper or on screen. This here you go, Peter Ustinov. Played, oh, yeah. played played uh, Hercule Poirot in the in the nineteen seventy eight version. Again, another great cast in in that movie with all the people who they had in in that that first version. When, when you've got a story like this, you're probably going to have a pretty all star cast. They had Mia Farrow, Lois Childs, Betty Davis. Uh, they also had Angela Lansbury, Maggie Smith. This is who, the seventies version. Yeah, nineteen seventy eight when when they had that one, and it was like I just ran down it was a very very stacked cast and again there's another great cast who they've got uh coming back around david niven was in that version as well um another really really good cast that they've got this time around gal gadot is really at the center of this story too so i i think i might go see death on the nile because i yeah i know the story and i kind of know how it goes i want to see what they do with this version of it but again yeah and and also at the same time, you know, I am curious how it's going to do when a it's a sequel on a movie that did all right with with uh, the murder on the Orient uh, murder on the Orient Express, and b what's going to happen with it getting delayed so much like it has. Yeah, I expect it's going to be uh, fairly well received. This isn't the kind of box office you know flocking event that everyone's going to go to. But if you're looking for there's entertaining movies in a popcorn fashion like Moonfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was entertaining. But am yeah, next. This is one that it's it's like this is not a McMeal. This is a five course meal with silver plateware and 
fine champagne. That's what Death on the Nile is. Well-crafted, mahogany, hand-carved Amish furniture. That is what Death on the Nile and Orient Express are. They're not going to have giant shoot-em-ups and one giant action sequence. This is a slowly peeling onion that is going to benefit from a lot of rewatches and you know, this is what that is. So if you want to see cinema, then this is not the Marvel movies. This is cinema. Martin Scorsese might be sitting in the seat next to you. Really? <laughs> cool. <laughs> Sounds good. I'd have a few questions for him, I guess. So, Liam Neeson. What is Liam Neeson up to right now? He's got a couple movies that are coming out, and he seems to have really struck gold with when he got into the Taken movies. It's kind of refreshed his career, and pretty much almost every movie he's done since is some kind of version off of, at the heart of what Taken is, something kind of action-esque. And for a guy that's getting starting to get up there, he can still do it. He can still move. He can still run. He's a former Jedi, of course. Uh, he is got a pretty good career. So he's got two movies this spring, and the first one is called Blacklight. And from what I gather, he is a former retired government operative of some sort with a shady past, somebody that, for the greater good, done shady things. But now it looks like there's a threat against the people where he might have to come out against those that he worked with to save the people, I guess. Something along those lines. So what happens when his character from Taken retires but is pulled back in one more time? Something kind of like that. Could okay. be interesting. All right. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to give it a 50-50. It's got, a, it's got an okay cast. Uh, Adrian, Adrian, uh, Aiden Quinn is in it. Um, it must be hard to be Aiden Quinn. He's always the bad guy. I mean, like one movie I think I've ever seen, he was the good guy, and everybody else, he's the bad guy. You I'm were sure speculating the- before the movie. It's like, what must it be like for a person in that in that position in real life when they're always known as the bad guy? He, you know, people like William Zabka, who was the bad guy in The Karate Kid, is now in Cobra Kai. I hear he's a really good guy in real life, but every role he's ever played, he's kind of the dingus. And he's even sort of dingusy in the Cobra Kai show, but he's trying to get better. But I understand, you know, you see him in How I Met Your Mother, and you realize there's a whole other layer here. And it's got to be tough to be the guy as an actor who's always the bad guy, and people want to beat you up because what a bad guy you are when it's just a part. So Aiden Quinn is one of those guys. He's always the bad guy. I love the tagline for this movie Blacklight, they're going to need more men. <laughs> You're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> And more men. Uh, I I told you, I told you the other day. I think for Liam Neeson, he is embracing the Charles Bronson stage in his career. Yeah, where that's a good way to put he it. has got this second wind going later in his career, where he's embracing a lot of B movie type roles that are action films. But he's making them work. He I is. mean, on paper, Taken isn't that good. But then you see it, and it was just, it was lightning about none of the other two Taken movies, the two sequels were all that good, but the first one, it really works. And it's one of those where if I'm flipping channels and Taken is on, I'll probably stay with it, because it's short, and it's to the point, and it's not messing around, and Liam Neeson is awesome in it. You know, it's a great movie. The sequels, two and three, eh. But, yeah, good movies. It's like, so hey, making we, it work. It was like, hey, we've seen that before. It's a widget. You know, what he's doing is making a widget, but he makes a darn good widget. So, all the... All the props to him. Good for you. If you like it, it's got a decent storyline, and you got a cast that can make it believable. And he's got two chances to make another widget this spring yeah. and see if it works out. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. So Blacklight is the new one, and it'll be out here on February 11th. 
Let's get video games. Uh, it's far and few between, you'll find an Yes, you heard that right, everybody. Yeah, you'll find a video game movie that's good, but they seem to be the exception, not the rule, but then there are exceptions. Uncharted is the next one, based off the video game. Um, this one's got a pretty decent cast. You've got, uh, coming off of Spider-Man right now, Tom Holland. And coming just, off maybe hosting the Oscars? Maybe. Or as he approaches, maybe hosting the Oscars at this point? Could be. So Uncharted, you've got Tom Holland, you've got Mark Wahlberg, Sophia Ali. Uh, pretty good cast. Basically the greatest treasure ever out there. I suppose that means it's bigger than national treasure. Oscars are in March, by the way, so he would be approaching hosting the oscars yeah well he here's a great position. way to promote your your own show too so. if he was in that position yeah movie characters hitting the big screen it's had it, it's had kind of a hit and miss look to it when you get in that position assassin's creed probably a miss tomb raider worked out i mean it it got people's attention and and they went to go see it when Lara croft was on the big screen nathan drake is in that same kind of vein where it's an adventure kind of video game and now going on the big screen very popular uncharted i've never played it before but i know a lot of people have left just you didn't see this question coming so if you stumble i'll give you all the credit in the world what do you think the best version of a video game turned into a movie is oh, Success- I mean, maybe not your favorite but what do you think the most successful one? resident evil maybe there's a hundred of those Last action hero oh wait that's a that's a tv show yeah not, not a video game it kind of has that feel to it Ah, uh, I'm I trying to think. Well, as far as most successful, and as far as longevity, you have to say Resident Evil, don't you? Like, yeah, is, yeah, is there so. is there any other that? Although, if you would count Wreck It Ralph, would, yeah, but that say, wasn't that was based on a video game that they made for the movie, right? Doesn't that, count. It's conceptual yeah. with that one. I don't but know. A the, movie that the was, Lego movie. Kind of, you yeah, can stretch that. Even... Lego, Lego has had its versions of video games, but as far as like a pure video game, it probably is Resident Evil because of all the sequels and because they made that into a franchise in the way that they did. I, yeah. I can't really see any other. I've never seen those movies. I've never really been all that interested in going to see Resident Evil, and maybe there are some who would feel, and I wouldn't disagree with them, that Resident Evil has gone on for too long by now as well, but... It's probably the most successful. I, I think it will probably right. I haven't looked it up. This is just a off the top of my head question. It's a good question. I think it's got to be there. But this one has a chance, I think. It's got a great cast, great concept. It's a treasure hunting movie, really, hey, is what it is. People love Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah, right now he's about as hot as it gets. So, well, he's too young. Well, you can't make it now. And the new Spidey might be on its way to being the highest grossing movie ever. It could. I mean, it's on its way. So we'll see. So clearly, he's a very bankable star now. His life has changed, and we'll see if his follow-up, Uncharted, is going to follow up with that. But this has got a very distinct chance to make a mark in a positive way. Do you keep up with Tom Holland and Zendaya's relationship? I'm not. Uh, no. Good for them. I mean, they <laughs> they both seem like really nice people, and good for them. I hope it works out, and I hope it goes better than the whole Patents and Stewart thing. So, oh boy, yeah. I'm you know there was a whole thing that just came out. People that are obsessed with celebrities tend to have lower IQs. I for the sake of that's just what the study said. Oh, I'm not man. saying that's what I think. I'm just saying that's what the study said. I might, for the sake of something that's just front and center, like when the next Benefer comes along, it's just in front of everybody's face. You can't Whoa. get away from it. But so I'm aware of it. Do I follow it? No. All but right. Good for them. I hope that they seem like nice people. I hope it lasts. 
All right, off to Netflix. A reboot of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming Who up really on February to see this 18th. One? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you can just see in my eyes the excitement over this. Um, it, a reboot of this sort one. Of. Apparently, we need something new. It's kind of like what they've been doing with the new Halloween movies, where it's a sequel to the original, disregarding everything that came after it. So it is uh, basically it's the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre two if you want to call it that, but it goes off in a whole different direction. So it's taking a page from then what they Then title it like that. Well, they did with Scream. Again, horror movies. They just call it the na- same title, Halloween, Scream. Oh, I but think it's, that's it's, intentional. I, it's, it's just a title is what it is. But this is the ninth one if you're keeping tabs. I don't know if it's coming out theatrically, but it will be on Netflix. But, you know, it's part of the more storied, uh, infamous horror movie franchises, so the ninth or second, if you want to look at it that way, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie will be coming out. Leatherface is back. I think we're seeing why you created your own idea for a horror movie because, truly, the genre needs something fresh. Who You know, who can say? If you're trying to follow, if you're going to do part nine and you're going to try to follow some kind of a structure, it's almost impossible because a lot of these franchises are more than the sum of their parts. And a lot of their parts are kind of eh. But if you're going to really stick to that kind of structure of continuity, forget it. You're off into the weeds immediately. So you kind of almost need to make it better and to kind of recook the batch. So what do you do? You disregard everything. But the original is obviously iconic. So we're going to do a direct sequel to that. And every sequel that ever came before this is irrelevant. This is a whole other timeline, just like what they've done with Halloween. And we're going to, exactly like they did with Halloween, call the sequel the original title and just make it a different sequel. Could they do it better? I think there's a lot of room for improvement for some of those movies and even the original. I like the original right up until you get to about the last act. And then it's just, let's show everyone how crazy these people really are. Okay, we got the point. Let's just keep pounding that into, okay, I got it, I got it. Let's move the plot forward. Nope, nope, got to still show you how we're, come on. Now you, like the girl who's trapped in the house, are desperate to escape. That's right. And the movie loses all its steam for me at that point. And then the last five minutes, she finally gets out. Spoiler alert. But um, this one, if they can do better than that, let us know how crazy they are. The remake I think 2003 is by far, I think, the best of all of them, in my opinion. Um, They show you how crazy they are, just enough to get the point, and then the plot moves forward. So, to me, I think it's the best of the bunch. All right, we've got our first tentpole blockbuster movie of the year coming up on March 4th. Huge, and I think this is the biggest movie since Spider-Man, and it's another superhero movie. Yeah, a lot of intrigue on what is going to happen with the newest version, The Batman. The From newest version gather, of the man in the cape and cowl and all that comes with it. From what I gather, this is not really a sequel. It's sort of a reboot, but it's not an origin story really either. This isn't how he becomes you Batman. You kind of get dropped in the middle a little bit. Sort of. From what I gather, he's been crime fighting for, I don't know, a year or so. He's still kind of new to the game, and he's more or less been on his own, but now he's starting to reach out for allies maybe this is where he and commissioner gordon come together and kind of unravel a little bit like if you watch the trailer it's batman unhinged in some respects like by the time you get to the end of the trailer you're going boy catwoman looks intimidated by batman you never see that 
And yet, you see that by the time you get to the end of the trailer with Robert Pattinson going crazy in the Batsuit. Who's the new Batman. And the interesting thing, just behind the scenes and how this movie was made, they filmed, I don't know, maybe half of it, and then they had to shut it down because this is when the pandemic really That's hit. That's right. They put together a trailer. We got that tiny trailer for it. Based yeah. only on what they had shot, and even then, they'd only shot like half of it, and the trailer was fabulous, and they hadn't even made the movie yet. And then they finally get back from this hiatus. They film the rest of the movie. Indications are very good. I mean, this is allegedly coming out March 4th. There's every possibility that if any movie gets moved, this one could be the one. It's very much a summer blockbuster movie, but it's coming out in early spring. Um, But it looks really good. Matt Reeves directing it. And for a while, Ben Affleck was going to be attached to this one when he was still doing the Justice League thing. Decided he was done. He got out. Pattinson got in. Good but news. Matt Reeves stayed. Good news, by the way. No indications that this will be going on HBO Max. Yes. It's going to be in theaters. Well, they've got a window, is what they've got. So it's not coming out day and date, which means it comes in theaters and on the uh, HBO Max at the same time, like the new Matrix movie. This is going to have, I think at the window, is 45 days. So you're going to have a little over a month. It'll be exclusive on screen. And then, so this would be, what, middle of April, it'll come out on HBO Max while it's probably finishing up its run in big screens. So you have your window of opportunity to see it before it drops off. And, okay, I'm not, I don't know how I feel about the whole so quick behind. You know, you, you put it out on theaters. I want to go see these movies on the big screen, yep. but I don't want to go see it in a theater that's packed. I love seeing it in a packed theater, but in this day and age, not so much. I want a little break and a little distance. Well, speaking of some streaming controversy, that brings us to the next movie, which is being released the following week, and that's called Turning Red. It's from Pixar, but it's being released on Disney+, and this has courted some controversy. Pixar is apparently not pleased with this. At all. And, you know, keep in mind, Pixar now is a part of Disney, but it's it's a separate company, but it's owned by Disney, and nobody at Pixar is happy about this. I mean, they are mad. There's talk about lawsuits and stuff, you know, and now you've already got issues with Scarlett Johansson and Disney because of this. What kind of money could be made from a box office that, you know, I'm sure Pixar's got their bonuses set up. Disney's got some PR issues, but this is a great movie that isn't going to be going on to big screens. But sounds like right now it's going to go directly to Disney+. Plus. Now, this is coming out on March 11th, so there's a lot that can happen between now and then. Maybe this will get adjusted and it will find some time on the big screen. But apparently, they just in this last week did a, a test screening of it, and apparently the reviews are off the charts. It is really, really good from what I'm hearing. Uh, very good early buzz. So, you know, why not open this up to everybody? But unless hmm. you have Disney+, Plus, you might not be able to see it unless you're going over to your friend's house. You can't go to the theater. And I, I'm on board with that complaint. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I I am too. And Pixar Pixar is not has not really hit as consistently as it once did. So if this is, if this is a big hit, then no wonder. They, they'd have every right to be extremely displeased if this is only going to Disney Plus rather than giving people a chance to see it as it should be seen in terms of on the big screen. One of the things that you and I have had as a criticism is that why don't they come up with original stuff? It's always Cars 2 or Planes 2 or Toy Story 4. Come up with something original. Now they are. Well, they have. Turning Red, it's a, it's about like a, a, a red fox, I think. That's a young to... girl transforming into a giant red panda. Panda, okay. So, you know, hey, this is going to be an interesting one. And so it's got great early buzz. 
little controversy, but it's Pixar, and Pixar has never bombed. Maybe they don't make the next Toy Story or the next A Bug's Life or whatever, but they've not had a bomb ever, and they seem to like them pretty well, and the early buzz is really, really good. I would not be surprised if Disney, with enough pressure here, bowels to some degree and it gets a limited theatrical release or something but there's a lot of stuff that can happen between now and the middle of march i mean they they've gone in yeah i'm all you have to do is just google turning red and you see pixar staffers are really really displeased we've got two months until it's released i don't know if that's too short of time to get it onto the big screen or not i'd like to see find way some way for it to be able to to find its way out there never say never uh there's a lot that can happen and this is disney it's Becoming one of the biggest, it's the biggest media company in the world now. I mean, they own, what, 40% of everything that comes out. So that's that's pretty big. They're their own empire. So anything could happen. Pixar is their own kind of brand that has become iconic in its own right. Um, I don't think Disney wants to completely nork them off. Things can happen in that regard. All right, let's keep moving. March 18th. Who doesn't love Downton Abbey? Yeah, it, well, it keeps going. Yeah. Downton Abbey keeps finding ways to keep on rolling. They, they'd already done a movie. Now they're doing a sequel movie as well. A New Era coming out March 18th. I know a lot of people that not necessarily love Downton Abbey, but they love the feel they get from watching Downton Abbey. I've lost track with Downton Abbey. I, I would watch it on Masterpiece and, and would watch it a little bit then when, when my parents got into it and found it. I think through Netflix I was able to watch it then for a bit. But but I've kind of lost track here over the last few years. It's it's kind of run its course, at least in my mind, and for some of the actors involved with it too. They've they've been able to use it as a springboard to other projects. But, but there's a lot of core people involved with it who have stuck around and kept on rolling with it because it's it's really resonated. i got to wonder, maybe not so much in the era of COVID, but in a perfect world, would you get to go see Downton Abbey on the big screen and would they serve tea at this? I mean, I don't mean like at That's the concession stand. I mean somebody with a trolley going down the aisle. Would you care for another tea and a biscuit, perhaps? I don't think you can. There's steps that go up. Not the, all of them. Theaters. Not all of them. I've, I've not been to an Alamo Draft House yet, but I desperately want to go. Um, but I would think maybe that'd be an option. <laughs> Perhaps English accent enc- encouraged. Hey, me, I would be not too much trouble. I'd like a ticket for the new Downton Abbey. I know you haven't written it, you don't have it written down, but the same weekend the Downton Abbey is coming out. I don't know if you saw this or not. There's a Guy Ritchie movie that's being released that Ooh. same weekend. It's called Operation Fortune. It escaped my radar. It is a spy movie. Apparently, it's going to be a comedic one. It involves Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, mm. and Hugh Grant <laughs> is in this. It's about this. Uh, this big-time elite spy who works with this um, this operative team, they're trying to track down the sale of some new weapons technology, and they bring aboard Hollywood's biggest movie star to help them with tracking this guy down on a mission that goes around the globe, and now they're bringing in somebody from Hollywood to try to help out with this. Apparently, it's a pretty comedic movie. Um, Carrie Elwes is in, is in this as well, so... Pretty good cast yeah. that they've got for it, and somewhat of an intriguing concept with that clash of that clash of worlds coming together there, and Guy Ritchie directing it. You know, he's Guy Ritchie is one of Britain's treasures. I've seen probably half of the movies he's done. I like him. I appreciate him. They don't grab me, but I have nothing bad to say about him. They're just 
I don't know, kind of a different vibe. To you me. kind of know what you get yeah. with his movies. Like you get you get this real entertainment factor to them. Oh, I absolutely. Mean, you you saw this with the Sherlock Holmes movies, for instance, with what you get there. Yeah, those were ones I and really. The Gentleman, didn't... most recently. Yeah, some I like more than others. I didn't like the Sherlock Holmes movies too much, but others he did. Uh, I like. Uh, oh, what was the one he did with Brad Pitt? Uh, is that two Smoking Barrels? I think I like that one. How do you uh, like the Man from Uncle? Okay, it was entertaining, but it was like the way you're looking at Moonfall. I Very, was like, it was entertaining, but eh. I was I was pretty entertained by Mad from Uncle. I thought it was going to be more than one. what it was. It was good, and don't don't take me wrong. I'll put it to you this way: I'm not a big basketball fan. I don't don't dislike it. I just I'm not drawn to it. But I've gone to basketball mat games, and I would go again, and I'm entertained, and I enjoy myself. But I'm not usually the one that says, "Hey, let's go see basketball." That's usually somebody else, and I'll go with. So that's that's me and Guy Ritchie movies generally. All right. So, but I mean, to, to each their own. Uh, the Lost City is another one. This is going to be a cool kind of a fish out of water, um, a page from Six Days and Seven Nights or whatever the movie was. Uh, this is Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum that wind up in the jungle. They don't plan to. <laughs> Imagine uh, Sandra How Bullock. How about that for a duo? That would be a pretty good team up. You know, Channing Tatum, say what you want, but then you watch 21 Jump Street, he's got comedic chops. Good times. And yes, teaming does. up with, you know, most likely to brighten your day as she was voted in high school, Sandra Bullock, that's going to be a good team up. There's every potential. This is going to be, um, there's a movie from the late 80s or late 90s I, I alluded to, Six Days and Seven Nights, I think it's called, uh, Harrison Ford and Anne Haitian. They crash on an island. Eh, it didn't look that great in the previews and I saw it and I loved it. It was a great movie. It was fun and it was funny and it was really something. This is another page from that kind of book. And this could certainly be one of those you don't see coming, but could really be like The Proposal, another Sandra Bullock movie. <laughs> People thought, I don't know. And then they saw it and loved it. Now it's becoming its own kind of classic. <laughs> There's every potential this could be that. All right. That, that'll that be intriguing to watch if it does stick that way because, yeah, the link there is Sandra Bullock. So we'll we'll see if it has the same effect. All right. The next one is a typo. Yeah, I saw. I just movie. noticed yeah. that, too. This one is uh, I guess typo. that's an April Fool's joke from you because it is coming out on April 1st. <laughs> I think autocorrect has something to do with this. Yeah, it's that's not Morris. What, that's what I thought. But, it's uh, Morbius. Morbius might be the right one. So my autocorrect screwed that up. <laughs> yeah, Marvel Morris Vampire. Did he make a movie? What? Marvel Vampire Morbius. This is a Spider-Man spinoff, and it's got Jared Leto in the main role. It's been delayed a couple of times, too, um, as this has gotten kicked back. Um, it's about a guy named Michael Morbius, who, in trying to cure himself of a blood disease, has a bad experiment and ends up with a form of vampirism. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. Marvel's been having... It's got a very Venom sound to it. Yeah, it really kind of does. And it's interesting now that you've got... A big DC character like Jared Leto, who's just done the Joker recently with the Suicide Squad movies, is now going to Marvel to do another sort of anti-hero-ish type Morbius vampire kind of character. Uh, so now we're getting into a lot of the spin-offs. We've got the main course characters that have already had their time to shine, and now we're getting to dig a little deeper. Is this going to sustain the superhero bubble that's going, or might this be something that pops? I guess it depends. If you do it right, you do it well. 
you got the Batman that's back. Maybe Superman will come back around at some point. Wonder Woman, we'll see how she comes back around. But now you got Morbius. Spidey's still doing his thing. Jared Leto has really been busy with superhero projects over the last few years. He's a very eccentric kind of actor. Rarely does he play something mainstream. He's kind of like a slightly more hinged version of Nicolas Cage, I think, in a way. Slightly more hinged. Slightly more hinged, but he's a little out there and a little off. Um, but it works. So it works very well for the Joker, whether you liked his take on it or not. Um, Morbius could be a pretty good one. And uh, the way Marvel's been going, they've had a pretty good phase four with 2022, finally getting up and going with a lot of uh, short uh, miniseries with WandaVision and so forth, finally getting back onto the big screen. And now they're going to delve a little deeper into 22. And who knows, with Spidey, might be maybe the number one grossing movie ever by the time it's done. It's on course to do it, so we'll see. Can they do it with vampires now? Morbius, scheduled to come out April 1st. Hey, we've got another sequel coming up then April 8th. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, another one based off a video game. Yeah, running with that recent trend a little bit. And a sequel, Jim Carrey back with the Sonic the Hedgehog series. And Idris Elba is going to be involved with this one as well as he gets to lend his voice chops to this film. This will be a fun one, too. Uh, the first one, I guess, uh, was done with a lot of fan service. They designed the character of Sonic the Hedgehog based on the game, and fans didn't like it. So an unprecedented step by the studio, they completely re-di- redesigned the character to make it look more in line with what he looks like in the video games that, at a good cost. And it worked. So that's basically a show of faith by the studio. All right, we did our part. Now you do your part and go see it. And people generally did. And reviews were good, and that was a good you know, win-win can they do it again with another Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Jim Carrey is back, and I guess he was gleefully delightful in the first one, and back for another round with uh, Idris Elba. This could be fun, so worth worth a look, and that's coming out April 8th. Uh, the same day, kids will be dropped off into the Sonic the Hedgehog Theater while parents are in the theater next door to watch Ambulance. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, I, my parents did that with us. We went and saw Honey, Tell I us who's directing. Oh, Tell us who's directing. Oh, uh, bah, 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 bah. hang on a second, hang on a second. That is going to be Michael Bay. That uh, depends. Do you see the trailer for this? No, I haven't. Looks good. So it's uh, they're either former cops or they're former soldiers, one of the two, and they feel like, so they're the anti-hero, kind of like uh, the bad guy in the movie The Rock. You know, hey, we're not being treated correctly, so we're going to step up and do what we need to do and we're going to rob, and so the money we're going to get is like a Robin Hood kind of thing. We're going to give it to people that are suffering from Gulf War stress or PTSD or whatever, something like that. We're not being served the way we're supposed to be served, so we're going to step up, do something illegal, but for the right reasons. However, it gets a little deep, and they get into stuff that they weren't expecting to get up, so how far are they going to go with this plot for the good and still try to be good guys when they're facing other stuff too? So it's, it's like a... Uh, what do you want to call it? Are you trying to tell me that there might be some more nuance to a Michael Bay yes, movie? It might be. It might be the deepest, if you want to call it that, movie that Michael Bay has been associated with. So you know, here's, I'm not holding my breath. Here'd be the best opportunity for Michael Bay. He's a master of style, clearly, but a lot of those have zero substance. All frosting, no cake. Could we get a little cake to go with this frosting? Could this be stylistic with something good that's there? Again, I'm not holding my breath. We'll, we'll see. We'll see.
You know, maybe we'll he'll see. be a little more Tony Scott, you know, a little more style and substance and a little <laughs> less sti- substance without style or style without substance. There's potential here. I, I'm not saying it's going to be or not going to be. I'm just saying keep your eye on it. It could be. Maybe this will regain his crown, you know? Used to be the king of summer movies. He's kind of lost that. We'll see. Uh, we've got uh, Harry po- or Harry Potter's author with her another spinoff, Fantastic Beasts. Uh, they've done two of those. The third one is coming out, Secrets of Dumbledore. Kind of a spinoff of Harry Potter, sort of. Uh, so we'll see how this one goes. J.K. Rowling is uh, always in the news, and she's got a heck of a good empire with literacy making its way into the big screen. Clearly, Harry Potter's done well. The Fantastic Beast movies, have you ever seen any of those? I have not, nope. I hear they're okay. I'm not, Harry Potter kind of missed the mark with me. I've seen a couple of them, but they're just, you know, they're, they're good. I can see the appeal, but it's just... For whatever reason, it's not my thing. I'm not into sorcery. There is some controversy attached to this, though, because Johnny Depp, who's been oh, yeah. in those movies and attached to that project, was asked to resign. And so Mads Mikkelsen is going to be taking his place as the main villain. For uh, Yeah, he he is replaced as the villain. Recasting the role. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're recasting it there. So there is, there is the controversy of that that's attached on, too. Yeah, so I guess it's take it for what you want. Um yeah, I'll leave it at that and just and go that way. Uh, same week that's coming out, a movie called 13 Lives. It's one of those based on true events. Remember a few years ago there was that ba- a soccer team, I think, that went cave exploring, and while they were doing it, the yep. water was rising in the cave and they got trapped. That's right. So this is the movie about them being rescued. Ron Howard is directing it. So it's Yeah, got, I it's hadn't realized that about Ron Howard being involved with it. Everything Ron Howard does generally tends to be good. Um, whether it's a giant smash or not is irrelevant. They're good um, for the most part. I think the worst movie he ever did was A A Beautiful Mind, and that was up for Best Picture. So it's not like it was a bad movie, but it was the one of his I've seen that I liked the least, and I liked them all. So take that for what you do. So 13 Lives, it's about that Thailand cave rescue. Could be pretty good. Uh, Are you a Vikings fan? I don't mean sporting. Is that a joke? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Are you talking about like the Vikings from history? Yes, historical Vikings. Uh, they they fascinated me in some respects. Yeah, reading a little bit about it. That brings us to to who, this next one because who's it's Who's a Packers set. fan if you didn't pick up on that? <sighs> yes, I am. Proudly. Yes, yeah, so that that brings us to this next movie, The Northman. I I haven't found any details related to it. I've got to go Googling specifically for this. Is this a historical Vikings movie? Nah, I don't think it's historical. I think this is uh, it's it's set with historical background, but it's a completely original story. Uh, Alexander Sarsgaard and Nicole Kidman, and it's got a pretty good cast. Uh, Anna Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke, Bjork is in this, Willem Dafoe. So it's got a great cast. And uh, really what, it, what cast. I'm reading about, it's an epic revenge thriller that explores how far a Viking prince will go to seek justice for his murdered father. So set amongst a Viking's background. It sounds a little bit like it's Braveheart-esque, uh, where rather than it being revenge for your wife to get freedom, you wronged me, so now I'm going to get you back. Then with a cast like this, generally you don't attract this kind of a cast if it's kind of eh. So this really could be something interesting. The Northmen, we'll see how uh, big a play it gets. Um, it can be hit or miss with movies like this where yes. you've got a big cast like that but and you've got some kind of epic film in this way. Like I like a good epic if it's a good epic. It, it's got to be yeah. good, though. But I like that they've got a pretty good cast in place for this. That's a good place to start with it all. But 
how else is it going to play out as far as like what kind of depth to story is there going to be? Is there going to be more to it than just having the big names involved and, and this this epic kind of tale? What else is going to, to become attached to it? Because these epical these epic historical dramas, I, I wish they hit a little bit more often, a la like Gladiator or something like that, but but they can sometimes if they miss, they can miss pretty spectacularly too. Yeah, and even from a budgetary standpoint. But I would stay actually one of the few times I stand in contrast to something that you said. I think I'm kind of epic out, and I think I've been epic out for a while. But I'm starting to be ready for the next one. They were doing epic after epic, and Ridley Scott alone was coming up with whether it was Gladiator followed by uh, what was the Knights one about the Crusades, and then he did another one about uh, Alexander. It's I got epic out, and a lot of them were just almost vanity projects that had nothing really to it. Are you doing it just to do it, or do you really have something you want to do? Uh, vanity project. We'll get an all star cast, and it'll be kind of eh. And a lot of them were oh hollow. man, vanity projects. Yeah. Ugh. So this one seems to be coming almost out of nowhere. It's got a good feel to it. It's got a really good cast to it. It's a director I'm not familiar with. Um, this one could be worth checking out. Keep your eyes on it is all I'm going to say, but the Northman, as of right now, scheduled to come out April 22nd. Keep your eyes open for this one. This could be fun. Hey, Liam Neeson's back. Hey, we haven't talked about Liam Neeson in a bit. Guy Pierce is involved with this one, too. Yeah, and it's Martin, called Memory. Talking about a director that I love, Martin Campbell, I have not seen a movie of his that I've not liked. He's done uh, two Bond movies, including GoldenEye and Casino Royale, launching a brand new Bond each time. With yeah, and Pierce Casino Brosnan. Royale was sensational. Oh, yeah, and even GoldenEye was fantastic for what it was launching Pierce Brosnan. He did uh, the Zorro movie. He's done a bunch of movies, and every movie he does is really, really good. In Britain, he did a well-received miniseries as well called Edge of Darkness. Yeah. That did extremely well, too. Yeah, he he's had a, a touch for, for doing some pretty good stuff. So you and I talked about it, touched on it with The Northman. You get a good script. You get a good cast. At some point, you kind of let go, and you just do the best you can do, and maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't, and a lot of that falls on the director and the producers, but Martin Campbell, the director- I should also mention, by the way, he did also do Green Lantern, so that yes, was a miss, yeah. but anyway. But that's where studio interference got into things. Ah, uh, of course. This is a guy where he tends to elevate the material, and your faith is generally well-placed with him. Uh, this is going to be, I think, a very distinct possibility. So Liam Neeson is back. He's a sniper, more or less, who has a particular, um, let's call it, uh, he's very, he's got a very well renowned for his memory to the point of nuance. How that's going to work into the plot, I don't really know. But Guy Pierce, he's one of my favorite actors. He's one of those guys where, who's Guy Pierce? You know his work. You probably don't know the oh, name yeah. because he just vanishes into every role. He's like a Ben Foster, another actor who I really like. He just just disappears into his roles and becomes the roles. Uh, Guy Pierce is fabulous. And I think so, Memento immediately. Yeah, with Guy Pierce. He was in Iron Man three. He was the yep. bad guy in Iron Man three. You you know him if you see him. Um, he's fabulous, and uh, th- so getting him teaming up against uh, Liam Neeson, wow, that could that could really crackle. And Martin Campbell helming it. Memory scheduled to come out at the end of April, the same weekend, April 29th. This is a really intriguing movie. Yeah, it's called Sixty Five. I uh, got Adam Driver. What if there's what about- a, there's your intrigue there just immediately to start out? Adam Driver's in it. What if you're an astronaut? And you crash land on some alien world that is, seems to be pretty much empty and devoid of life, but you find out maybe you're not alone. Ooh, interesting. 
Not a lot is known about the movie, really. There's no trailer yet, no poster, nothing like that, but just the the idea of it and the makers behind it and Adam Driver, who's on a pretty hot streak right now, rolling very well out of the new Star Wars movies. He's, you know, a marriage story. He's getting him some Oscar buzz, and we'll see how things go here. Sam Raimi apparently is a producer on this movie. Another I just good spotted sign. that. Yeah, very small cast that has been announced for this movie, which I guess with a concept like that isn't, too big of a surprise, yeah. I suppose. So then we get into May. This is where things really start to heat up a little bit as far as uh, trying to get the masses coming in. Summer box office seems to start earlier and earlier these years. So before we get around to it, March is going to be the start of summer box office before too long. But May 6th, the first summer movie on May 6th, by the way, when there still might be ice on the lakes, the first summer movie comes out don't make that joke marvel is back again don't do that dave doctor strange in the multiverse of madness he's had a step or two into the multiverse by now doctor strange and seems like the kind of guy for being in such a role yeah with he's the abilities that he has he's in the new spider-man movie and uh so did the wandavision thing kind of kick off this multiverse in a way maybe and it kind of works its way into the new spider-man movie and so now this one has been promoted almost as a horror movie, this might be the, I know, who's got the look on his well, face? Well, when you what? throw a word like madness in there, I suppose you open the door to that. You know, it's been described even by the filmmakers as, look, we want we almost had to ask permission. We have an idea, but rather than just pitch it, we almost needed to ask permission, can we go a little dark? So exactly how dark this is going to get, and you got to think that some of the like ramifications the dark of the new world? Spider-Man movie Thor? could play into this one i mean it's only coming out five months or so after spider-man and dr strange is in both of them so is there connective tissue you better believe it so some of those unanswered questions for the new spider-man movie are going to come up in the multiverse of madness will it be so dark that you uh, hesitate to bring your kids to it what'll be the rating for it could it scrape r maybe i don't know what would prompt it to do that i i wonder but with with strange He's the kind of character, I think, where you could go away from the blueprint a bit more because he's just kind of a different guy. I mean, he's he's not not as much of a wisecracking kind of guy as the others. I mean, he'll do that. It seems like every Marvel character has to have a prerequisite of you have to make a joke if the situation is tense. But if that's the route they go, I appreciate that it seems like Marvel is realizing We've got to change the playbook up a little bit. We can't just rely on one-liner jokes, follow the same format over and over and over and over again. Can we reinvent ourselves a little bit? If there's some of that that's attempted here, good for them, because I think it's kind of needed. Yeah, this could be an interesting one. Benedict Cumberbatch does a really good job. Um, He's not a Tony Stark sort. He's sort of arrogant, but very dry. And, uh, and it works. And he's been a good part of the Avengers team, and uh, he's been the new mentor to Spider-Man. Kind of wonder if maybe Tom Holland might have a cameo that's unannounced. Maybe. This movie. It could happen. Who knows? He's busy enough as Uncharted. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And maybe an Oscar <laughs> in Uncharted host. You never know. That. And as an Oscar host. Maybe. Maybe. As Spider-Man, hosting so, the Oscars, apparently. So, doc- so. Maybe. Maybe. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's going to be a bit of a different twist. So start preparing yourself for exactly what that's going to mean. There are no trailers yet. (laughs) I think once Spider-Man finally dies down, they'll start ramping that crest into this and start ramping it up. But stay tuned. It could be an interesting one. Can you go from Spider-Man to Nathan Drake to Spider-Man hosting the Oscars to Spider-Man 
in a multiverse of madness. I don't know. Well, he there's mi- Spider-Man multiverse animated movie was that. pretty good. Yeah. May 20th. Here's a great animated movie switching from Marvel to DC. Talk but, about a twist. But not what you're expecting. DC League of Super Pets. <laughs> what if your pets were superheroes? You got Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You got Kevin Hart. You have a great voice cast. Not only going to be funny, but you got Diego Luna, Keanu Reeves, yeah. John Krasinski, Kate McKinnon, many, many, many others. Great voice cast. This is not where you would expect comic book movies to go. But it's going to go into like the secret life of pets. But let's imagine instead of they're just you know escaping to play with other pets, they're superheroes. So do they get the super talent of their owner, or do they have something different? Wouldn't it be funny if you see these red boots walking around with a dog? You're at dog level, but you see these boots, you don't realize they're Superman's boots as he goes off to work at the Daily Planet, but he's got to save this bus first, you know? All right, Fido, you stay here. And then Fido has his own... Re- I mean, that'd be interesting. But Fido has no his idea. own adventure that comes up. Could be. What if the parent? What if the owners are the complete opposite? It's some accountant, you know, meek and mild, but the dog could save the world. Yep. And everything in between. Could be interesting. <laughs> so it, it reminds- sounds like a fun one, a good alternative to bring the kids. If you, if you want to bring into a superhero movie, but I saw some of those Marvels, they're a little violent, they're a little this, this might be a meet in the middle. Have you ever watched Phineas and Ferb? Yes. I have a son. It reminds me of Perry the Platypus <laughs> a little bit. Perry's going off and having his own adventures on the side, and Phineas and Ferb are going, hey, where'd Perry go? And then he's off doing all this other crazy stuff. Reminds me a little bit of that, or at least has the potential to be like that, where you've got these side adventures that are going on. Or wouldn't it be funny if in some covert way they're involved in helping save the world on on some of these other stories that we are, that we know and are familiar with? And the dog plays some like behind-the-scenes role, or the pet plays some behind-the-scenes role that is never before seen, but now we've got the footage of it as they are helping to manipulate whatever situation was going on. And then maybe the superhero gets the credit, but the super pet did something big behind the scenes. It'd be like uh, Watson being the brains behind Sherlock Holmes. And they've already done a movie yeah. about that too, so yeah. it'd, be, it'd be kind of fun. So that would probably officially end the list for spring, but we can't end it without mentioning, because it's still in May. It's officially, by the time you get to Memorial Weekend, that is the kickoff of summertime, which sure is. sounds funny to talk about summer here in January. Uh, but May 27th, Memorial Weekend, there's two movies coming out. The first one based off the Fox series, Bob's Burgers. Yes. So Family Guy has- Love not, Bob's Burgers. Family Guy has not <laughs> done a movie yet. The Simpsons have, and there's talk there's going to be another one. Uh, but Bob's Burgers, here comes their first movie. I've, I'll admit, I've seen a few episodes, and it just, I, uh, no. <laughs> it cracks me up. First of all, I think H. John Benjamin has one of the best voices in all of animated I'll give, television. I'll give you that one. His voice is amazing. The fact that he has done multiple projects in the way that he has. He does both Bob's Burgers and Archer. And two extremely different characters. And when they did a crossover of that in Archer, it was hysterical. It, it was it was really funny. Um, he's he's got an incredible voice, and it's it, it's the perfect piece of sarcastic humor that you get with his voice, or in this case, exasperated humor as the father of this this wild, ridiculous family as he's trying to run this hole in the wall burger restaurant. 
And I, I've really enjoyed Bob's Burgers a lot. It's it's really amusing. I do find it funny, like you said, that Family Guy's never been on the big screen for a movie. Bob's Burgers is getting the movie treatment, though, and, and has been really successful. I mean, it, it's done a, a tremendous job, and they... They have their own brand of humor that they do, and it just and the animation is certainly part of it as well. But it works. It's it's just really really funny, and the kids the kids are hysterical as well. Um, with uh, with Tina, Jean, and Louise, they they all have their own their own particular avenue, and it's just really funny. And then of course, Linda, the mom, is is hilarious as well. You know, I've seen a few episodes. The first time I ever saw Family Guy, I saw a handful of episodes, and I didn't like it. And then I got reintroduced to it. And for some reason, the second time I got reintroduced, I loved it. Maybe something similar is coming with Bob Burgers. But what I've seen, eh, but if it's your thing, I got a movie coming they, out Memorial Weekend as of right now. Which goes to show just how much it has carved out its own niche sure. as far as people who really enjoy it. Then... Memorial Weekend, allegedly, if it sticks, it's allegedly been mo- it's been moved so many times. Well, funny enough, we've done various previews for each of the seasons. We do about three a year. We've already talked about this movie a few times because it keeps getting moved. Top Gun Maverick. This is the sequel to the iconic Top Gun, the '80s personified Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer, and they're both in this. Although Val Kilmer's got he got some serious health issues right now. We hope him the best, but he's got a small part uh, back as the Iceman. Uh, And an interesting thing about this, Tom Cruise, his character, Maverick, um, keeps waving off promotions. Usually when you get to do the fun stuff, you are, I can't say lower ranked, but you're not an admiral, right? You're not a a major or a general. You're usually like a a captain or something. And then you get to fly the planes. You get to do the fun stuff. When you get promoted up high, they kick you upstairs into an office behind a desk. Tom Cruise doesn't want to be promoted behind a desk he wants to be out there flying and fighting so he's kind of like dude what are you still doing here you know know, if Iceman is a four-star admiral and he's doing what he's supposed to be doing (laughs) but you're still a captain like a grunt you know how old are you you're still doing it so it's kind of like you got to grow up but at the same time you got to move forward with the times fighter jets just aren't like what they were you get a lot more drones now but then again that's right you got to keep the human element so you can't completely turn it over to drones so he's a guy that's trying to hold back the tide of progress, evolution, the future, whatever you want to call it, he still wants to do what he wants to do rather than being kicked into a desk. Do you know if Berlin is going to release a song yeah. in conjunction with the movie? Are they still a thing anymore? Apparently, kind of. I, uh, kind of. But interestingly enough, you know, Anthony Edwards, not the basketball player, his uh, <laughs> you know, his goose character didn't make it out of the first one. Right. But he apparently has a son, and Meg Ryan was his wife in a cameo in the first movie. Well, now it's a different actress playing the same role, and Goose has a son who now is going to come under Maverick's wing to some degree. Um, this Miles Teller plays the role. Uh, this will be interesting to see how things go. Kelly McGillis is not back in it, but Jennifer Connelly is a new love interest. This could be interesting. This got delayed before COVID because Tom Cruise, they didn't want to just film it like in a in a gimbal, more or less. Make it look like you're in a plane, but you're not. They wanted to do it legit. For like real. the stories on this are crazy. They got and it's classic Tom Cruise. Like oh, yeah. it, the guy go uh, like say what you want about the guy and his acting chops, and we have, trust me. But the guy goes all out when it comes to the stunts, and this was proof. Go ahead. When they filmed the first movies, they basically had a real jet, but they'd cut off the nose, and you're in this 
cockpit, but you're on a scene and the thing will roll, but it's rever- it's a back photography and it wasn't real. It was just made to look like it was real. They're not faking it this time. This really Tom Cruise in a jet and on occasions actually flying said jet and other members of the cast too. So they had to go through G-Force training and all of this. So you'd actually get somebody in the front maybe flying and then they'd be sitting in the back. But the footage you're getting is actually real. And they'd filmed this movie and it was ready to come out in, I think, 2019, I think it was. And they decided, you know what? Those shots of us in the real jets, which were minimal originally, look so good. We need to stretch this out. We're yeah. going to do a lot more photography. And so the movie got delayed a year, and then COVID hit, and That's now right. it's really been delayed. So now, allegedly, it's coming out Memorial Weekend for 2022, and we'll see if that holds true. So when we get around to our spring pre- our summer preview in a few months, um, we'll see if this is still coming out Memorial Weekend or if it got pushed later or whatever. So They've we'll had about as much delayed hype for this movie as No Time to Die had. Yeah. In a, in a lot of ways. It's got it's, that same kind of feeling as far as we've heard so much about this. It's been kicked back so much, though, that it's like, is it actually, really, finally, maybe, possibly going to be released? Yeah, is kind of the answer. You know, take a look at the original Top Gun movie. You look at it now, and I think even at the time, you knew it was going to be one of those quintessential 80s movies. Tony Scott directed it, who'd also done Beverly Hills Cop, and you had Bruckheimer and Simpson, the producers that were really rising up, and they really had a style that was kind of brand new at that point. It was cutting edge, and it is quintessential 80s, and you knew it at the time. Is Top Gun Maverick going to be considered a quintessential 20s movie? It's, it's a different cast, or in a lot of ways a different cast, but similar cast. A lot younger, a lot different. It's about change. It looks a lot colder versus the warm hues they had for the first. I don't know. I don't know how this will be received, but I think it's going to go down as a good movie. Um, but I don't think it's going to capture the hype that the original one did, because that was mega super hype. That was like Batman 1989 hype. I mean, it was big. I don't think this is quite there, but it's... Does that mean it's going to be a good movie or a bad movie? I can't say. If the reviews pick up coming into it, you never know. You never know. Yeah. Again, you have to take all of these dates with a huge grain of salt because things are moving around like chess pieces on a board. So any and all of these are subject to move around and, and something could get moved in that's completely off of our radar too. So think of it as just something to whet your appetite, get you into the theaters. And again, if you do want to go support your theaters, I could think of no better place than the Bemidji Theater, right outside Bemidji on Highway 2 between Bemidji and Wilton. Uh, and even if you don't want to go see a show there, go into the snack bar because that's what supports your local theater, not movie tickets. That's right. Get yourself a snack and an icy and a, and a goodie and a popcorn. They get those giant bags of popcorn too and bring them home and watch a movie there. That works too. And still supports your theaters. But these are great options to uh, send a couple dollars to Hollywood, too. Yes, you have gotten your pocket movie calendar now to get to take a look at for the next few months. So enjoy the movies. I'm sure we are going to be checking in on a few of these here over the next few months. Great movies to go see at home and on the theater. And I think spring, assuming everything doesn't get kicked out of its slots... Could be a fun, interesting time, and I think we should go to Moonfall, Hoove. Let's go together. I just want to watch your face as things happen on the screen. <sighs> I don't know. Well, I'll think about it. If it's Maybe. a chance to go to a movie with you, all right. yeah, that might be enough to, to get me there. We'll see. <laughs> I'm Joel Hoover. I'm Dave Brooks. And we will see you at the movies. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. 
We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.